The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. And so continuing our theme of drinking towards Christmas, we are joined by our last word sommelier. We actually have one now from winerover.ie. Catherine Bell is back with us again this year with some good value for money choices, I think, when it comes to wine for Christmas. Yes, I think, um, I think like everyone this year, we're going to try and make our money go as far as possible when it goes for wine this Christmas. So I've brought in some um, alternatives to the classics that might deliver a bit more value for money. Excellent. Now, you're starting with an alternative to champagne. And I'm glad you do because I often think champagne, unless it's really top-end expensive stuff that somebody else has bought for you, it's not worth the money, is it? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I'm be diplomatic now. <clears throat> uh, yes, I think uh, sometimes we can end up paying uh, over the odds for a name. You know, champagne is, is marked as a premium product and premium, pr- premium prices. And yet... As you said, sometimes it can be a bit disappointing, which is why I'm a huge advocate for looking at other alternatives. Champagne-style wines, sparkling wines from other countries um, that might do a better job, actually, at that price point. And you offer it for a lesser price point. Um, and so this is one of the examples I brought in today. This so you could from, have Prosecco or you could have Cava. You've gone for a Cava. Cava, yeah, Cava. Um, Cava, you can put Cremance as well from France. But this is Cava... Um, is made in the same style of champagne, so the second fermentation bottle, extra aging. But Cava, for me, uh, Spain in general is really trying to prove themselves as a quality winemaking area, and the Cava label in particular has gone undergone this revolution of really trying to prove a point in terms of we make excellent sparkling wines, and so they're being really competitive, and you've got higher end labels coming out. So in terms of value for money and getting a wine that's had a lot of love and quality, I would put my money on a Cava. You had that bottle in tinfoil up until a couple of minutes ago. Why? I'm tentatively trying to open it without covering you now. Oh, but days. Excellent. We all survived. Um, because I was trying to keep it as cold as possible because um, if it's warmer, the pressure is higher and... You lose the um, fizz. You and, lo- and it looked like something out of Formula One in here. So we're, we're grand. We're grand. Um, no waste. No, no waste. waste. No waste. I'd be devastated. Um, so I'll... Are you going to pour I'll me a share, drop, I'll will. I'll be nice. I'll show you. Okay, we have, as it happens for today's segment, we're going to take four wines that I'm going to be tasting. So I'm starting with the Cava, which... So this is um, one of the higher end, this is one of these producers that have come out in their own label and said, look, actually, do you know what? The Cava label doesn't quite do us justice. We're, we are making exceptional quality wines. This is a producer called the Raventos, um, based in Panedes uh, in and around Barcelona. Using only indigenous um, Spanish grape varieties, biodynamic viticulture, extra aging, beautiful, immediately beautiful. You know, and I think sometimes when we, um, especially if you're not used to drinking bubbles, some of those champagnes can be a bit austere. They can be a bit harsh, just quite acidic and quite, you know, bubbly and mean. This is friendly and a happy wine, <laughs> like immediately, like if a wine could put its, its arm around your shoulders and say, you know, come on, let's, let's have a good time. It would be this wine. It smells beautifully. Yes. So you've got all those lovely sort of uh, the typical sort of notes of this kind of wine in terms of the brioche, sort of the biscuity flavours, lots of stone fruit, really ripe apples. Um, and then the difference, like as you'll notice now, like it's it's lovely, it's gentle. It's still fresh and it's still bubbly, but just easy. That tastes like a good champagne. It does, isn't it? It does, it does. And it's like a third of the price point. Like, you know, you can get really, really good quality carvers 
you know, from this within retailing in around 30 euro probably. We're going to put the name of it up on the website and on various social media. But for those who just want to hear it now, give it to us in full. Oh my gosh, put my best accent on. The producer is called Raventa Si Blanc and this is the Blanc de Blanc. Um, so this is made of all the white grapes, Torello, Pareda, Macbeau, Vintage 2020. Um, this would be the sort of the entry level, their little the little sister wine. I think you can get sort of the more sophisticated older siblings in the lineup as well. And even then, when you go to those ones, you're still going to be paying, you know, 60 euro max. And that's for their top end, high end ones. But equivalently, you could easily spend that much money on a champagne and be disappointed. When everyone is swilling bubbly on Christmas morning in my house, I normally absent myself. That I would drink. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a really good start. Very good. So you're now going to move to what you call a classic white. And you're going to look for alternatives to white burgundy. Yes. So um, now... In my house, um, you know, I tend to do the full whole, whole hog and I do have a sort of a starter white. There we go. And um, and then a main course white. But if this year you have a white that you want to do the whole thing, it's got a bit of work to do. Um, we need to kind of opt for, for a white that has a bit more body and presence, um, which is why I think classically we would have gone for white burgundies, you know, Chardonnays that are fermented or Asian oak barrels and that, that adds to the texture and the complexity of it. But... Unfortunately, you know, white burgundy these days is getting more and more expensive. Burgundy as a whole is getting expensive. and it's Why is that? Um, supply outstrips demand um, and you end up wading through quite expensive wines and being disappointed. You know, there's definitely amazing stuff out there and that's, that's 100% why, you know, burgundy is so justified as a classic. But to get there, there's quite a lot of extens- expensive mistakes. So I tend to avoid it. But I do want something stylistically that can do the same thing. So in that case... Loads of different options. You know, you can do um, South African old vine Chenin Blanc. That's been Asian oak barrels. We are going to stay in Spain, actually. And we're going to stay in the same area where this carver came from, an in um, Penedes. And along the same line of trying to prove a point of being a quality winemaking region, this is one of their still wines made from one of the grapes that we just met in this blend, Cherello, 100% Cherello, but still wine. It's been fermented and aged in French oak and a little bit of... Um, Finishing in chestnut barrels. When you mentioned Chardonnay, I immediately sort of recoiled, oh, too sweet and sickly. Yeah. I've just tasted it. This is far from sweet. This is, no, no, no. This is, oh, lo- lovely. Um, this is really sort of savoury and, you know, that inherent earthiness. You also get these lovely flower notes on it and a softness to it. But it's definitely um, a wine that has confidence uh, and assertiveness. That's sort of the chestnut uh, aging, I think, kind of comes through on the nose, a little bit nutty, quite soft. Um, nutty is a nutty. good description. Yeah. Um, but then opulent, like like really generous, soft stone fruits. Um, so it kind of does a good job of bridging that gap between, you know, will this be nice enough to play with your starters and not be a bulldozer? Yes, 100%. You know, like it, definitely something like this, I'd do smoked salmon, um with creme fraiche and horseradish in the creme fraiche and a bit of capers. It would also do really well to more savoury um, umami-led starters, like, you know, if you're going to do mushroom boulevard. And then also then, if you're going to carry on and you go through the turkey and you've got caramelised butter dripping gravy in the skin and the roast veggies, this and uh, outstanding, amazingly. Like, you know, can you imagine um, Brussels sprouts, 
No, pan I can't fried. imagine yes, Brussels can't. sprouts in any circumstance. Brussels sprouts, can't pan fried. We're not going to the annual Brussels sprouts, <laughs> Rob, sorry. This would do it. This could. This would change your mind. Um, and again, so this is an exceptional quality wine. It's got that kind of presence of the big sort of showmanship of these white burgundies. It's not cheap. It's, not, um, it's a high-end example of the wine. It is going to retail in around €30. Euro, but you could easily spend €30 euro on a disappointing white burgundy. The name of it again, please. Um, the producer is called uh, Sala Pardas, and this is the Pur Charello. Um, but again, I would walk into your local wine shop and say, you know, what do you have in terms of Charello, 100% Charello? What do you have in terms of wines, full-bodied wines that have had a little bit of oak aging, have that texture? I want it to feel like a white burgundy, but isn't a white burgundy. You say that for the starters. Would you not take Food it into mains. the main course uh, as well, if, yeah. particularly if it's turkey? Of- uh, 100%. This, this, uh, this would love anything with a little bit of um, caramelisation. So, uh, you know, glazed root, root vegetables, definitely the turkey with a nice, strong gravy, um, the crispy skin, if you're going to fight over that in your house, you know, yeah, 100%. This could do the whole hog. Uh, if you're going to go into vegetarian options and you have like a like a mushroom wellington pastry, yes. You yes. sound like you love your food as much as your wine. I, yes, I should be about four <laughs> times the size I am. <laughs> okay, what's your um, first choice? You've given us two reds, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. Now, what's your first one? Um, two reds in terms of, um, just because I think people this year, we might be doing a little bit of a different um, meat option if turkey, because everything's just going to be a bit more expensive. People might be reverting to, you know, roast beef and stuff like that. So uh, we'll do a lighter red to start and then move okay. on to our... Um, and you've no problem with pairing turkey with red wine rather than... Oh, white. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because actually, you know, it's 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 more to do with what's happening around it. It's the Which turkey, is the ham and... All yeah. Things. And your stuffing and your cranberry sauce. And if you've got braised red cabbage and, you know, like... The wine is actually, the turkey is the least of your worries in, in this situation. It's everything else that it's got to contend with. Uh, so white or red, uh, you know, think about what else is happening. And just think about, you know, the company you're having. Like, what do people want to drink? You know, so I'm going to give you um, the lighter red to start, which is my kind of alternative to uh, the classic, which would be Pinot Noir. I think everyone, and, you know, if you remember last year, I brought in a German Pinot Noir. Yes. Uh, so... Otherwise, I would say New Zealand Pinot Noir from Central Otago. Very good. Very good value for money. South African Pinot Noir. Otherwise, again, let's do something that stylistically will do the same job. So we're going to go to northwestern Spain this time, over to Galicia, which uh, is the area that gets as much rainfall as Ireland. And if we had the same amount of sunshine hours, we'd be laughing. (laughs) 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 And um, those reds, uh, one of the main red grapes out there is, is a grape called Menthea. Okay. And you, you're seeing that more and more now coming into Ireland. Like it, you're not going to be hard pushed to find that. Go into again, go into local shop. Um, generally, I'd say light to medium bodied wines, even going into sort of fuller wines. But even when they're fuller and they can get up to, they can reach about 14% alcohol. They don't feel heavy. They still have that lightness, that fresh, really nice acidity, fruit forward. Um, this particular wine is one of my favourite producers called Raúl Perez. And he's like a little... Um, I think he's like Yoda for, for you know, winemakers, right? He's poor. <laughs> okay, so this is the first of our two reds. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. He's, he's a little mentor and shows how people how to, um, how to, uh, 
how to do this. So he his speciality is working with old vines, converting them over into organic viticulture, going up to altitude and making wines that undoubtedly have power, but, they, but you know, finesse. So this is from an area called Bierso, which has slate soils, which you kind of get that on the nose. There's kind of like an earthiness to it. It's not a particularly strong smelling red no. wine, is it? No, no. Nice and delicate. So even yeah. though this man looks, uh, he looks, he's fierce looking. He's got this big, big beard, wild hair. He makes really delicate, polite wines. Okay, let's have a taste. That's nice. Mm. So that for me kind of ticks the boxes in terms of it's not too heavy, but it's not anemic. You know, it, it, it is, there is flesh, there is um, fruit there, there's even a bit of earthiness there. Really nice, fresh acidity. It's not tannic, but it still has structure. See, I'm having this here without food and I could actually see myself drinking a glass or two of that without yeah. even needing food. Exactly, exactly. And that's the kind of thing you need on Christmas Day. Everything needs to be easy. Everything should be joyous and easy and friendly. Oh, you haven't been around in my house, so. <laughs> okay. That's lovely. Yeah, that so menthe- really nice. So what's our price is that? That that kind of retails, these type of wines, incredible value in around 20 euros, 22 euros and below that and uh, very much probably um, even in terms of the supermarkets, they'll have examples of this. I mean, this is like creme de la creme. This is Yoda making wine. You know, this is... So again, I mean, sure, there's some people who might be thinking, I wouldn't pay 22 euro for a bottle of wine. But actually, it's Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to be spending money, much better off spending mm-hmm. 22 and that than buying two bottles yep. of rubbish for 12 euro. Yeah, and, and, and it, and, and, you know, and, and it being delicious and it really sort of, you know, punching above its weight and it feeling like it's something more expensive. But you know that you haven't spent 40 euro, you spent 22 euro. Okay, the name of that again? This or is did the, I ask you that? Uh, this is a, the producer's called Raul Perez and the wine is called Ultrea St. Jack and it's 100%, uh, well, maybe not 100%, Menthea blend from Bierso in Spain. Catherine, your last choice. And this is interesting because the beef course, if people opt for that, you need a stronger red for mm-hmm. that, do you? Yeah. Yeah, so um, beef and... and, and uh, Oh, sorry, you'll have to, you'll have to reach across the... <laughs> Come and get your own wine, man. Thank <laughs> sorry. you, Catherine. <laughs> this is my bottle. Um, uh, what, we, what we can do when we have meat, like, like, like beef where there's fat and protein, we can give that to tannins. We can give that wine with more tannins and they'll do that magic blend where they meet and they just, between the tannins and the wine and the protein and the fat, everything just turns into velvet. So we can start off with a wine that's got a bit more body. So Which you immediately smell. As this. in the presence, the stronger. The, the stronger, yes, much more deep, dark and brooding. Um, and this is a Portuguese wine you've yes. picked out. I wouldn't have thought of a Portuguese wine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think Ireland, we've had lots of examples of Portuguese wines on the on the market for ages. And maybe they don't, they're not as um, glorious and flashy as, you know, whipping out a bottle of Bordeaux on Christmas Day, because actually, you know, these, these wines tend to be more keenly priced. But that's that's not to say that they're lacking in quality. They, they over deliver, actually. So this is one of my favourite producers who I um, uh, fangirled over at the tasting and he just batted me off with a real Gallic shrug. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Antonio, I love you. All right, yeah, thanks. Um, but he makes glorious wines called Antonio Madeira and he's actually French, but he's he's working uh, in the Dao region in Portugal, working with old vines, um, field blends, and again, kind of in the same kind of line of Raul Perez in terms of powerful wines, that don't feel like they're punching in the face. You know, there's they, still an elegance. There is power here, 
but you it, definitely need food yeah. with this. You need, you do, you need, and and. I know I want a steak immediately. Yeah, exactly. And in and, and a sit down, this is a sit down wine. Sit yeah. down and take your time. Give it protein. Give it fat. Um, much more brooding, and yeah. But again, it doesn't. It's not hard work. It's not hard work, and I will shock you now and say it's fourteen percent alcohol, but. It doesn't, there's definitely wines that you can have that feel like 14% alcohol when you drink them. This doesn't. So it's nice to be able to to have a wine that delivers that without um, uh, feeling like regret. There's always regret afterwards, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> okay, so that's your Portuguese, right? the Antonio Madeira Tinto, uh, and that's a 2019. And that retails for how much? That'll be sort of, kind of probably around 27 euro probably. Okay. But again, there are examples above and below that price point. You know, just go to your shop and ask. Just say, look. And do you finish with that then? Have you gone through all those four of your Christmas dinner? Do you go for a dessert wine afterwards? Or what do you drink depends, afterwards? Yeah, it depends. I mean, you could just keep going with the red and yeah. tie to the sofa. Or I, I do have a terrible, terrible sweet tooth. Um, and I would do something like a tawny port. Oh, okay. Yes. Good with chocolate and cheese. Um, yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. Okay, you look after yourself. I do, and everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine Bell, thank you so much. WineRover.ie is the website that Catherine runs. She's a freelance wine sommelier and consultant, and it's been great having you back here on The Last Word again. My pleasure, thank you. Thank you very much. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here.